0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bat Boys podcast. Today, you're stuck with me, Bat Boy number one, as Bat Boy number two, Sam, is enjoying the finest delicacies of South Korea. So unavailable to make it, has a work commitment, but that's okay. You really come to listen to your very your very favorite Bat Boy. A lot of fun news. We're going to recap the Sevilla match, as well as Elche, uh, two points from two games, uh, last two games. I, I don't know if we, either of us, had predicted only two points from these two games, especially going into what was on paper a match to win against Elche. Uh, we have a recurring theme of Valencia doing very, very well in the first half and struggling a bit in the second half. We saw that in Alche Sevilla. So we'll get into that. Uh, we also have a lot of big news coming out of the club, and I think uh, very much needed positive news Uh, across uh, the last few weeks and we'll get into that regarding renewals regarding some birthdays we have some birthdays as well as some good uh, news regarding legoon and uh, I think good news around the sporting director uh, movement we're seeing Uh, across the league we'll get into that a bit we're seeing uh, a really good Sociedad team uh, emerge this season so we'll talk about, I think, there are some interesting matches to happen this, uh, this week that are starting to tighten that European spot. And it's going to look pretty competitive, I think, going into the season. And Gattuso has his hands full uh, with getting this team into a position to close these very uh, pivotal games. Games that we come out ahead, uh, we do very, very well, uh, but we're giving away points with very silly uh, and very um, troublesome play in the second half. So let's get into the news. Marcus Andre's birthday is today, uh, October 20th. Uh, happy birthday, Marcus Andre. How old are you? Like 21 years old? You're a baby. Uh, glad to have you. Happy birthday. Uh, let's make sure we celebrate those birthdays. Two biggest news of the week Gaia extends through 2027, the eternal negotiation. I think this negotiation had been started two years ago. Uh, Gaia says, there's no bigger club for me than Valencia. And I think more importantly, quote, Gaia, in May, I had doubts after Anil Murthy's antics. I felt I wouldn't be able to fulfill my dream. Lehun came and everything changed. Later, adding, with the arrival of Lehun and the coach, everything has been better organized. And that has seen has been seen on the field. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, really, if you could say there's any positive momentum, maybe the biggest news we've seen out of Valencia the last two, three years, maybe since Marcelino is the renewal of Gaia. Uh, with Soler and Guedes departing, of course, with the dumping of our uh, seasoned players, including Dani Parejo, uh, I see this as one of the more encouraging news to come out in the last few years. And it could be uh, a hint at life under Le'Hun, uh, perhaps Anil Murthy was more of a cause of our pains than Peter Lim. Uh, maybe Le'Hun can, under her supervision, can start to or rebuild uh, the relationship with the fans and, and everyone in Valencia. So uh, Gaia certainly, uh, I'm sure, had his doubts. He could play in very it really many clubs, uh, he could be battling for Champions League. So for him to say, hey, Valencia is the biggest club. There's no bigger club than Valencia. He must feel, under Gattuso, under Delejon, uh, that things are moving in the right direction. So very, very encouraging. Good to see. Uh, um, Andres Garcia, Super, Super Deporte, says, if Gaia believes, I believe. And I think that's uh, very well said. Guy is a smart guy. Of course, he's our captain, a seasoned player, again, can play anywhere. So for him to decide that he wants to really spend his career here, that's through 2027 now, next five years, that puts him through 30 years old uh, is a big statement. And I think uh, he is one step closer to cementing his legendary status at Valencia. Uh, In other news, Miguel Angel Corona uh we were talking about uh, a sporting director under lehun it looks like that search has concluded uh and i think for the first time since we've been doing this podcast we hear from miguel corona himself uh and i think this is a positive move under lehun that we're hearing from let's say the technical director under corona um Lehun says, as I already expressed my last press conference, Corona contributed intensely to the construction of the team. Despite the economic difficulties, he has also earned the coach's respect for his technical work. And during the last few months, we've seen the three of us work very well as a team. After reviewing the situation, the club is, is not currently looking for a sporting director because the current structure works perfectly. Well, we've seen, I would say, uh, good transfers, positive transfers, under the border loss system, right? I think Sam, rightfully so, said one of the brighter spots of border loss is probably some of the signings he's had. And of course, we've had very positive signings and uh, movement over this last transfer window, of course, bringing Cavani in. Um, and now he has three goals in two games. So I think it'd be hard to debate the last few seasons, uh, espe- especially this last transfer window under under Lehun and, and Corona. So I think him speaking directly to the press should not be uh, understated. I think this is a positive uh, move and it frees up Cotuso, who every single coach prior to this has had to speak on behalf of all of Valencia unless O'Neil Murphy's saying some stupid stuff to the media. And I think that has now changed. We now see a concerted effort across. So uh, finishing up the news here, renewal of Diacabi and Lotto. Diacabi Diacabi's uh, contract ends next year. He's going to start negotiations probably this winter. I think right now we're seeing that everything's looking uh, positively. Diacabi's happy here. He's playing very, very well. I think the relationship with Valencia is good. So we hope to see that continue and we secure his renewal. I don't think anyone now given his age and performance this season would debate that we should do something with Diacabi other than renew him. The other person is Tony Lotto. Of course, remember that Cattuso stated Tony Lotto should marry his daughter. So Loves this good boy, I think he called him. Uh, The interesting thing about Lotto is we already have Vasquez and Gaia now in this position. What do we do with Tony Lotto? We've said before, young, very tidy player, uh, a very good future, bright future. Is Valencia going to be the best position for him? Is Valencia going to get the most out of Tony Lotto? I think there's some interest from Bologna, maybe Italy. Uh, if we get a good price for him, perhaps, as much as we do like him with the young talent of Vasquez and, of course, Gaia, we might be good in this position, free him up, and we secure other positions. Okay, enough of that. Let's go to—let's start with—we ah, could recap Chance and I want to state the themes across two because they're almost the same games in a lot of ways. First-half dominance, second-half letdowns. Um, Gattuso after the LJ game said, uh, the lack of experience of his players compared to almost all of La Liga teams and also tactical issues concern him personally, whatever the reason is clear. The Italian must find a solution as soon as possible. If he does not want to miss the European train, he said after LJ, when we needed control, uh, we didn't a half filled with fear. The Sevilla match first half was perhaps one of the better performances I've seen of Valencia last several years. Uh, dominance. What was most interesting, too, is not only did we look really strong going forward, Sevilla looked quite poor. Uh, not only did, and, and despite the talent on that team, right? Very hesitant, individuals giving the ball away. Uh, they're, they didn't seem organized. They seemed confused in their positioning. Uh, I think each of their individual performances was suffering. Uh, they struggled. They didn't look good. They gave us tons of space uh, first half. And, and, of course, that resulted in uh, Fukie to Cavani. So Cavani gets a sixth-minute goal. Fantastic cross from the right side. Onto Cavani. Now, anyone here who's been talking about Maxi Gomez, listen, Maxi Gomez. We said positive in the air. Give him service. I think this is the difference between Cavani and whatever Maxi was was under his performance last that last year. Because this this service was fantastic. Cavani didn't get a ton of this, but Cavani's movement to get on the end of that ball speaks to his quality. I mean, he looked fantastic. That's his third goal in two games after two at Elche. Uh, looked very, very good. He's looked bright in both games. His fitness looks fantastic. His effort is all over the fields. You see him deep in the match, the defending, or deep in the field, excuse me, defending, picking up the ball, doing what he can uh, to get possession, keep possession, keep the ball. Um, so he looks fantastic. Uh, the best outcome we would want to see at Alcea is two goals coming, on, uh, coming off at halftime. And getting some rest for the Sevilla match, of course, resulting in a six minute um, What was interesting about this uh, is, you know, that's what we saw at Elche as well. Uh, very good first half. Very good Gattuso football. Very positive going forward. A lot of our offensive chances coming through Gaia, coming through our wingers with those center midfielders, uh, you know, finding, winning the ball playing the simple the balls, especially from Nico and Almeida, and uh, getting chances from, from these wings. Uh, we're seeing a lot of Gaia as well on, on the attack. And so uh, I would say from the Sevilla match, they looked as good as they could, uh, I think, um, after these two matches. Or after these first half of these two matches. Uh, first half... Got to give it to Mama. Mama's looking very good. Huge, huge save for Mama. 17 minute from Rafa Mer. Uh And, of course, uh, I think they had a few other small chances in the first half, but but largely dominated. Uh, I think at halftime, the announcer said, uh, Gattuso's game plan has been perfect so far, with Sevilla only coming close to Rafa Murr and Papa Gomez saving uh, Valencia. Second half, very different. 56-minute uh, goal from Rafa Mer disallowed. Slightly offsides, starting to get some momentum, starting to get some chances. 67th minute, we see a big chance from Papa Gomez. A shot just wide of the goal. Uh, and then, um, of course, La Mela with the goal at the 87th minute from a corner. Um, sort of an easy, I would say, non-defended uh, goal right within the box. Uh, and that was the second half. The other big theme we've talked about when we had Sam Yarnell on was our chances, right? I think of this game, if I can check the check the stats here, we had, uh, let's see, 19 shots on target. Or 19 shots total, 6 on target. Um, and that was similar at Elche as well. Uh, if you look at Elche's, uh on target, we're looking at 27, 26%. Elche last time, 67%. And so five of 18, I want to see more opportunities there. There were several chances. Elish and that first half volley or the second half volley was a big one where we're still seeing a lack of chances uh, being converted. So I want to talk about lineups. Uh, We talked about a little bit. Sam asked me, Hey, how are we going to switch up our lineups? Give these teams some rest. Well, now we get to see it. Let's see Sevilla, Sevilla, uh, we'll, we'll go back to Elche real quick. Elche, we started with, I would say, the standard with Curea Musa, Paulista, Cavani, Clivert on the right. Castille is still injured. Gaia, Lino with Nico um, uh, starting in that center midfield. So he's giving Guillermo a rest. He's been injured. And then we have Almeida and then uh, Comer. So Diakobi gets gets the rest there. But. Largely the same. And I think if Guillamon had been healthy, I bet he would have played Guillamon. He's half injured at Sevilla, perhaps. He's bandaged. He still played. Um so a lot of confidence there. If you look at Sevilla now, uh let's get this line up in front of me. Uh we're gonna switch it up. What was the most interesting is we had Fouquier. Fouquier getting the start. On the right hand side, almost two right backs so we could say uh fukier was almost a right wing back um but we had fukier and then in that center position we had um uh Komert, and then we had yeah Diacabi, Diacabi's back of course guy on the left uh we had elijah mariba guillemot was back and then on the left we had sam nolino clivert uh excuse me Yunus musa on the right clivert's not starting and then Cavani on the right I think generally, my take on this uh, is of course, we're much better with Guillermo. It's, it's obvious. We're still seeing some trouble with these other midfielders, I would say, finding a dominant role in this midfield. Yunus Musa comes to mind. Yunus Musa, I would say, is very capable of snooze fest. Uh, we know what he's capable of performance wise, dynamic, can defend. Uh, he can he's extremely fit. He can run everywhere. He can help press you. He will carry the ball and beat players. Uh, so he's very capable of taking a game and running with it. And I, I didn't see that very much from Yunus and Sevilla. And I think the key here is when we do need these players the most, when Sevilla is starting to get some momentum, which players are going to step up and take control of the game? And I think when you think of the likes of maybe a Soler, maybe, of course, a Danny Parejo, those players find ways through their experience to slow the game down, right? Move things back in the direction of Valencia's strengths. Find a little bit of ways to get possession. Find a little bit of ways of exploiting weaknesses, slowing the game down. And we're just not seeing that. Instead, we're seeing the inexperience showing and we're in reactive mode, right? Um, and we can't quite get a grip on the game. And I think uh, the entire second half was like that. Uh, up until the 95th minute, of course, we talk about in the Sevilla match, the big drama, but a big blunder from Jesus Navas uh, in the, the second half. Uh, of course, sort of fumbling, dropping, falling uh, to, to Justin Klibert. One-on-one, Papa Gomez gets the big foul right out, uh, right in the box. Uh, excuse me, outside of the box. Thought it would be a red card. Later see that a shove uh, occurred in the box, resulting in the uh, penalty kick. Papagomas doesn't get the red card. I uh, forget who actually shoved him. He came out. I think it was Valiente. And, uh, of course, Gaia gets the PK. Should Guy have taken this? He's the captain. Yes, of course. I don't know his stats. We should look at the PK stats. But I didn't. I didn't know, Uh, and should it have been Clivert? Should it have been, I think Guillemot was our PK taker. Uh, He may have been, yeah, he was still in. Interesting to see uh, Gaia then, of course. Not of course, but surprisingly, cautiously surprisingly, he misses the PK to take us up uh, 2-1. With that said, it would have been great to escape this match with a 2-1 win away at Sevilla, Unfortunately, I just don't think we deserved that result. Uh, Football isn't always fair, isn't always just. Sometimes you get wins when you don't deserve them. You get the much-deserved or ill-deserved three points. But in this case, we really didn't deserve it. We deserved the tie, I think, maybe even a slight loss if you look at their chances versus us. Uh, So maybe this is a really good wake-up call of two games in a row here uh, and I think even you'd say there's we could look back at previous games in the season to say, is Gattuso finding the, the right mix of playing styles, tactical styles, in the second half to win games? If you look at some of the key chances that we've conceded, yes, there have been on some set pieces. For me, they've been on counters, they've been on quick transitions where our midfield is drawn out, uh, where Guillemon or Elish. Uh, or Nico are out of positions, and we're seeing two V3s at the back. Uh, If you look at the goal from Rafa Mura that was disallowed, quick transition, right? We're not sitting in deep. We're actually pushed forward, and it's causing these goals to occur and perhaps uh, games to get away from us, right? Because if we're not possessing and we're not going forward, uh, what is our game plan? How does our team respond to that? Do we sit a little deeper? Do we have a little more balance? How do we get that momentum back, and then transition back to the Cattuso playing style, I think that's where we're struggling. There is that no version two yet, and our team doesn't know how to respond, and then we get into the doom loop of uh, playing reactive, and a team with experienced players such as Zavia, you're going to see the difference and how uh, these more clinical, experienced guys can finish games uh, and find ways to, to win. So very interesting to see how Cattuso will uh change uh strategies the youth isn't going to change overnight he's going to have to try to adapt of course coach these players to find ways to uh, to make up for that inexperience to finish these games uh with that said there is good news if we look back last year we talked about uh you know border versus Gattuso uh last year at this time where's my stat list we had one win in 11 games under a loss after the three wins, after the first four games. One win in 11 games. Uh, and then after that, we had you know three wins in a row, two of which uh, come from COPA, five wins. This year, we have a uh, much better uh, result. Not only are we scoring more, if you look at the expected goals, I think it was about, about a half a goal per year last year. We're looking about two goals per year and now we already have two wins out of the last five games. Of course, these two draws hurt, and I think they could have been uh, they could have been wins themselves. So still much more encouraging. The border loss. The team is having much more fun. Um, much more encouraging a Cattuso. The team is having much more fun. Cattuso is, I think, having a lot of stressful fun. I think it's more fun to watch the games. I think people around and the Twitter, on Twitter, and in the Peñas are having more fun watching this team. And I think uh, it says a lot that Gaia has renewed through 2027. You have uh, generally a lot of enthusiasm from the youth of this team. The likes of even Tony Lotto, who probably could get playing time elsewhere, is very different than Kang and Lee. Right? Remember the two different sentiments We have, instead, we see very positive uh, and committed youngsters who want to play for Valencia, want to play under Cattuso, and see perhaps a little bit of uh, organization and stability occurring under Leung. All right, looking ahead. Let's wrap this thing up. I've talked long enough. What do we have coming up? Uh, We are hoping to get 25 points going into World Cup. Doesn't look like we're going to get it. Next, we have Mallorca home Saturday. Uh... Let's actually look at it. I wanted to see how Mallorca fared this past weekend. Uh, Maybe before we get into that, real quick, news from across the league. Uh, Barcelona, Madrid. Madrid looked pretty pretty secure in that win. Uh, So it'll be the team to beat this season, it seems like. The European spots are really heating up. Man, this is going to be a tough, tough go. Uh, one of the big themes is Atletico Madrid winning against Athletic. I saw a bit of that game. Uh, I think that was encouraging probably for the uh, the Atletico Madrid fans. They looked pretty consistent. This is a, a classic Atletico team. Uh, the one thing that they had to draw upon was, of course, Antoine Griezmann, who by contract can't even play enough minutes. He seemed like his old self contributing to that side. Um, but I think they had something like 30% possession, maybe two shots on goal, uh, and then won that game. So, is this going to be the turnaround of Lelico? That's that's a pretty encouraging sign to get a game like to get a win like that on an Athletic, who's looking strong themselves. I think the other big theme, of course, is Real Sociedad. Gosh, five games, five wins, looking good. Five, three against Verona, two-one over Espanyol. Um, Tafé. I mean, th- th- this team is looking good. They just narrowly beat Mallorca, which is our segue. Uh, but one nothing against Villarreal. I mean, this team is uh, now at twenty two points. They're on a run. We'll see if they can keep that up. But between Sociedad, Atletico, Betis, and Athletic, man, we have to win these games. Uh, so Mallorca, fifteenth place now. We're at home. They just narrowly lost to Sociedad, a very good Sociedad team. Lost narrowly to Sevilla. uh, And, of course, 1-1, red card duel against Elche. um, And I think they had that 1-0 against Barca game as well. So, Mallorca is a fighter. They're going to be a fighting team. Fortunately, this is at home. We should, could, would get that win at home at Mestalla. We can't have another Elche, which is a disappointing tie at home like that. Uh, my prediction is going to be, uh, again, clean sheets doesn't seem to be what we're doing right now, but I think we're capable of scoring goals against Mallorca, uh, although they only seem to concede about a goal a game. So I think we're going to win 2-1. It's not going to be easy. Let's look at that second half. Let's see how perhaps our lineup change or our strategy changes in terms of our, our tactical approach our playing style either in terms of a lineup or in terms of how we press, how we go forward, how we defend. All right, that's it. Until next time, the Bat Boys, the Bat Boy, signing off.